All right. Welcome to the second episode of Terra Crumbs, a Terra show by the community for the community. I'm joined by the king of loop FUD and crypto influencer Poppy. <laughs> also here with uh, Marlboro Man himself, Eli. <laughs> and I am Amani. Before we get started, Terra Crumbs is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing on this show is advice. Nothing we say is an inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy. Anything you invest is at your own risk. Do your own research. Consult with professionals. Um, uh, you know, I think before we jump in, um, I just want to say thanks to everyone who checked out the first show and gave us all of that feedback. That was incredible. We were all pretty nervous about getting this thing kicked off. And, you know, myself, I was even nervous to watch the thing for a little while, but um uh, we love that you guys love the show. Um, we're glad you're here, and, and we're looking forward to continuing to move forward. Sorry we had a little bit of a gap between the first show and the second show. Um, lots of travel. We all had a trip to Portugal. Um, the Wi-Fi was a little rough. We couldn't find a decent place to record. So, But we're here. We're back, and we're ready to get back on a weekly schedule. So, um, so we made it back from Portugal. How was the trip back, gentlemen? They served wine on the plane. I did not see that coming. Actually... All of Portugal for me was just drinking. Like it was wake up at 11 a.m., have a lunch beer, work a little bit, have like dinner with a beer, second dinner with a few more beers, and you just went from there and you restart the day. Was that very, fairly similar for you guys? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I would say that for you, it wasn't just drinking, it was drinking and smoking. Uh, oh, literally, yeah. we saw you, you smoke three packs of cigarettes in about four hours on the first night, right? Yeah, I mean, that's how I got the nickname Marlboro, man. Uh, all my friends call me that. All my enemies call me that. So, you know, it's kind of a cool, cool nickname. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was definitely a big drinking trip for me as well. So for everyone who doesn't know, there was a Cosmos event and a Solano, a Solana event back to back. Um, for some reason, there was a, a large cohort of, of Terra people who overlapped both of those. And, and fortunately, all three of us were able to make it out. Got to hang out with Poppy in person for, for the first time since uh, T-Fi Alpha. How was your trip, Poppy? Oh, my trip back wasn't too bad. Um, you know, it was almost 24 hours of travel. Um, but, it, but it was worth it. It was quite the week. Um, I had a similar experience to you guys, uh, but I was there a little bit longer. So I had three days of drinking and two days of recovering. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was, a, it was a great time. Yeah. Oh, man, that uh, that dinner we'd had. Yeah, it was a sushi place. It was so we we were fortunate we got invited there was a joint dinner um it was a delphi digital team dinner and then also kind of a, a terraform labs dinner with a, a lot of different people um from the terra ecosystem there daku was there the terabytes guys were there um who else joseph the penguin um obviously actually, was there there's some uh, tfl guys there as well i met uh jess from tfl um, someone who I've interacted with a lot, you know, with uh, like FCD and infrastructure issues. It's really good to meet these people in person. So yeah. my favorite part of that dinner. So we got split up, right? And I was over at, at dinner with the Delphi guys. You were over on kind of the, the, the Terra side of the house because they put us in different rooms. And I mean, this is one of the best sushi dinners I've ever had. Um, and so I come back over to check on what's going on on the terrace side of the house. And Eli mm -hmm. is literally eating sushi with his fingers. <laughs> um, it was one of the most amazing things I think I've ever seen. Um, so I guess, obviously, you haven't done much work with, um, with chopsticks yet. Well, okay. So it, it's not that I don't know how to use chopsticks. 
It's that I technically wasn't supposed to be sitting at that table. I kind of just pulled up a chair. And you know how it is, like a, a chopstick for every for every seating. And so I was like, you know what? I'm so hungry. I thought this was going to be like a dinner, not like a drinks more than dinner. I thought I was going to get an entree. I thought it was going to be more like Applebee's, honestly. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Applebee's. You know, I will say, I'm not even a sushi fan, and I was loving that food. I, I, I never thought sushi could taste so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that was incredible. So – I think probably the, the, the one of the other interesting nights uh, or interesting parts of the trip was we found out about the Solana Breakpoint launch party um, from someone. And we just kind of showed up to see if we could get in. Um, we got there. The bouncers were at, at, at front the gate. Um, they wouldn't let us in at first. Eli just kind of came through and, and just kind of barreled us through. You just kind of bullied your way through. I didn't know if he, if he was scared to fight you or if he just didn't want to have to listen to you yell at him anymore. Oh, um, geez. But, but this, this place, I don't know, maybe Eli, what's your take on it? On the party? Oh, actually I did. I did take some video. Um, I, I, yeah, I took some video at the party. Do you want to pull that up? Yeah, I can, I can play that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, no yeah uh, and that's exactly what it was like so that party it was such a contrast we'll get to the next party that we went to because well, chris didn't you get that place. ticket from some like random guy on twitter like no, how does no, that I even happen i got the ticket from a friend of a friend who i was supposed to meet at the party and he ended up not going um which tells you that he has pretty good judgment <laughs> um, because first of all it was i think you know portugal is pretty warm during the day at night i think it got down to like the the 30s in that place no heating the bar situation was absurd um one little bar in the corner of this place um it didn't have beer it didn't have wine it didn't have coke to mix with the with the cocktails literally i think the only thing you could order was a vodka soda or a gin and tonic Dude, they didn't um, even have no, water. Yeah, they didn't even have water. Right. They didn't have water. <laughs> Absurd. Um, yeah, and, and even the line to get a drink. I mean, you basically, you know, once you got your drink, you need to just get right back in line and drink it while you were waiting for your next one. So that party was grim. Now, the highlight of the trip, I think, for me was we went back. I think most of you, if you're watching this, you saw the um, – the burning man on Mars party and the pregame show that the terabytes channel did. Um, that was in the exact same place of that Solana party, but the party was hosted by Delphi instead of um, the Solana crew. And it was such a difference, probably one of the coolest parties I've ever been to. The pregame show alone was great getting to have the kind of like the intimate setting with probably 40 or 50 people doing that terabyte show. Um, and then this just, this thing just absolutely kicked off. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what what more to add about that. It was, it was just absolutely insane. I mean, I mean it was the, the attention to detail in that party was was insane. Like there there were three bars and they're all called liquidity pools. And then they get the all the bartenders wearing liquidity provider shirts. And like to me, that's just absurd because most of these people have no idea what a liquidity <laughs> provider is. No, yeah. It's also so... the the Terra Food Station. Oh yeah. <laughs> So when I when I first walked in, so like I got to the venue at like 
probably like 2 p.m. to set up for the terabytes live. And uh, when I got there, like I went to the bar to get some water and this dude was like wearing like a Levana shirt. And I was like, that's so cool. You know about Levana. You're a big fan. And he didn't even speak English. And I think I made a fool of myself. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone made as much of a fool of themselves as the founders of Solana who oh, showed up goodness. at this party. You got to you got to imagine at this party, it's the who's who of everyone who was in um, in Lisbon for um, for the Breakpoint Conference. So Do Kwan is walking around, a man of the people, shaking hands, talking to people, um, you know, write your list of, you know, famous Ethereum people people from all the different venture capital firms, Paradigm, obviously everyone from Delphi was there. Um, all the hash guys were there. Just about everyone you could imagine were at this party. And then the two Solana guys show up, show up Anatoly and Raj. And they have a security detail of probably, what do you think, eight guys? Yeah. Surrounding them like in an orbit. Nine, yeah. yeah. And they just worked their way through this party with this security detail. And anyone who got any, even anywhere near them um, and trust me, no one was trying to get near them on purpose. It was just a crowded place. You would accidentally enter the orbit of these security guards, um, you know, and, and a very large person would come kind of get in your face and, and escort you away from, from it. It was probably, and I own Solana, it was probably one of the most disappointing things I've ever seen from a project or a founder or any kind of entrepreneur. Um, just absolutely embarrassing and such a contrast from you know Do Kwan walking around just shaking hands talking to anyone and everyone um I don't know I mean you guys probably got caught up in that a little bit as well right I stayed away from most of that to be honest with you um but it was really absurd and like where did they get these guys from like where do they put like Craigslist ads out for like sumo wrestlers yeah, like these were dudes were small. huge were one of those guys was at least seven foot 400 pounds yeah like I, so I was like walking back into the venue, you know, I'm gonna be honest, it was a smoke. I went out for a smoke, came back in and like, I didn't, I didn't even notice that it was like a posse of people. I just, just got shoved by this massive hand. And I was like, what is this? And I just, I kept on looking up. So you know how like you look for someone's face. It was like, it was like very cinematic. Like I just kept on looking up and I finally found his face and I realized I don't want to mess with him. Anyway. So um, anything else, anything else you guys want to cover from the Portugal show? Any tidbits from behind the scenes we should share with people? Yeah. You know, I'm just going to share my perspective of our way to the Solana conference. Cause like <laughs> you guys were like directing this taxi driver and here I am sitting in the backseat. I don't know Portuguese. I, I know very little Spanish and we're clearly going in the wrong direction. And I'm just like, I hope these two guys have figured this out. I hope we're going to the right place and we eventually made it, but man, I, I, I had my doubts for, for quite well, a while. Yeah. Well, because Eli was pretending that he knew Portuguese and just telling <laughs> us that everything was going to be okay until it was very clear that we were about, you know, a quarter mile from the beach and this was not a beach party. Um, but yeah, no, eventually Eli, you jumped in the front seat and, you know, well, I was just like, I was like, Hey, this is possibly the way you could go. It's kind of far out of the way. Maybe it's the scenic route. But there was like three exits that he could have taken, and he missed them all. And after that, I was like, okay. Well, you not kept telling him like the place where we're going, but like it wasn't like a city or anything. It was a private like villa on a dirt yeah. road. <laughs> like, like you expected, like he's going to know where he's going. I was wow. just trying to figure it out. We got there, though. 
we made it. We, we did. If there's anything, hey guys, like um, if you're ever on the fence on whether to just randomly show up to a Delphi party, whether you are invited or not, just show up. Uh, totally worth it. Okay, so um, we've got a couple of topics we want to cover. Before we do that, I want to follow up on some things we talked about in our last episode. Uh, number one, <laughs> if you remember, we got into uh, uh, Thor sense a little bit, um, and I got tripped up on it. Um, one thing I saw just the other day, um, I think Delphi was working on, they have some kind of promotion going on and they're releasing some of their favorite articles that were behind the payroll paywall, uh, previously. And they released one that they, um, did back in July, uh, on July 21st, um, about the Thor chain sense. This is pretty in depth, um, a really great analysis. So if you want to follow up on that conversation we had and look into that, um, we're going to put the link to this in the show notes. You can check it out. They've made it available for free. Um, the other thing we talked about was Abracadabra Money. And this thing ended up launching, I think, like the day after we released our podcast about um, their strategy with AUST. Um, we're going to put the link to this in the show notes as well. But I think, Poppy, you had a little bit on this that you were going to cover. Yeah, you know, I just want to talk about it a little bit. Um, so it's it's been live for almost a week now. And, uh, you know, what they're doing is they're replenishing the, the MIM, the amount of MIM tokens that can be minted through this pool. Um, they're re replenishing like 20 million, you know, every few days, or I, I don't know if there's any sort of set schedule for that. Um, but I, I've been trying to get into this for like three days now. And every time they replenish it, it's gone in 20 minutes. Wow. Um, so the demand there is crazy. And the other thing that's kind of interesting and, I don't know if it, it solely has to do with this, but um, UST is above peg right now. It's it's about a dollar and one cent. Um, I think part of that has to do with the whole UST, uh, the the Luna burn that's happening. Um, but I also think this this demand uh, from from the MIM integration has something to do with it as well. Yeah, I saw that you said, mentioned something about that on Twitter, right? Because you're trying to arb this and you're not able to. What's going on there? I generally don't take the UST ARBs when it goes above peg. It was, it was more, more so a joke than anything. Oh, okay. um, but, but the way uh, the UST ARB works is, you know how the peg stability mechanism works, where you can burn one Luna, uh, you know, $1 worth of Luna for one UST. Um, well, when you have these big burns going on, uh, there, there's a certain amount that you can, you can burn um, every, you know, X number of blocks. I think it's 120 blocks. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. Um, and so when you have these big burn events going on, they're, they're taking up some of that uh, capacity um, on the native swap mechanism. Uh, got it. Got it. How long has it been over pegged? Um, it's, it's been slightly over pegged for almost a week now, but today it, it got a little, little crazy with the, you know, a dollar and one cent USD. Um, but it's, it's, it's been there for, for a few days now. So, right. so speaking speaking of shady, uh, Poppy, what do you think about Loop? <laughs> um, well, you know, <laughs> if you're following my Twitter, you, you probably know that I have a lot of concerns around Loop and the Loop R distribution. Um, have you guys been following that at all? Well, yeah. And so one thing I just want to say um, before we get into this, because you've been accused of, you know, spreading FUD or um, having some kind of ulterior motive. Um, you're actually a loop holder, right? So this is this is a bag that you own that you're talking about. So you're not just trying to slander a project. You're trying to get more accountability because um, 
my my holdings in loop right now is is very specific to uh my pylon investments through the pylon pool so uh, i mean i don't have any downside risk but i do have capital locked and vested in loop um and and ideally you know i'd like to see loop succeed i'd like to see every project in the terra ecosystem succeed um, but, you know, with what's going on with, with Loop R and, and kind of the lack of transparency from the Loop team, I'm, I'm very concerned about the future of this project. Um, I don't know if you guys were following, but maybe we can go through like a kind of overview of what we know there. Yeah, no, let's do it. Um, yeah. Okay. So like about two, uh, why don't we say like a month ago, um, you know, there was a tweet on Twitter and it was not mine. Somebody was pointing out that there were like three wallets that, you know, held a significant amount of Loop R and were dumping. And so that kind of like sparked, you know, my investigative mind. And I started kind of looking into this more. And as you guys know, I've, I've developed the application called TrackTerra, which is a blockchain parser for the Terra blockchain that generates tax reports. Um, but what it also does is it allows you to, you know, search through transactions and it makes it really easy to kind of filter and do this kind of blockchain analysis stuff. Um, so I found some really interesting things going on with Loop. Um, but maybe we just go through a timeline here. So um, basically, you know, we originally pointed out that there were five wallets that were airdropped 20% of the total loop, looper, uh, total, 20% of the total looper supply. And... You know, that that's concerning in and of itself. Um, but, you know, 20% of the total supply, that's kind of like what you would allocate to your team. Um, yeah. So, you know, and and so devil's advocate, uh, say that's a team allocation. 20% isn't that out of line with other white papers and token allocations I've seen in the past as well, right? Assuming that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, w when that happened, I was like, okay, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. And I caught Tom on a Twitter Spaces AMA, and I asked Tom about it. And his response was, you know, he, and this is, this is public information uh, somewhat. And he basically said that, you know, these allocations were, you know, tribe holders from, you know, the, the project that the Loop team launched previously on EOS that failed. And these were, you know, developers who worked for free to, to build the content platform um, and that, you know, this was kind of their way of, of getting paid after all of those years or, or months of, of working for free. And, and just, you know, and so one second, let me jump in there because I want to make sure that everyone's following along uh, in case they're not as familiar with um, with the Loop project. Tribe was a product that was repurposed into what is now kind of the Loop um, I don't know what you would call it. It's the, uh, is it a blogging platform? What is the loop? Um, loop community forum or loop blogging platform. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Right. So there was a, there was a product on EOS called tribe. Um, obviously EOS was a little bit of a dead end. They've ported this project over under the loop brand. And that's what this, that's who these tribe holders are that, that, that he felt and probably rightly so needed to be compensated for the work they did on the tribe project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, that was Tom's initial response, but then, you know, we, we looked into it some more and we found these wallets and, you know, it's all in the blockchain. You, you can look at it yourself. And we discovered that these wallets, you know, they were holding 20% of the total supply, but they were actually holding more than 50% of the circulating supply. So that's looper token in circulation, um, which is which is significant. Um, 
And the other oh, thing we noticed. The other thing, sorry, I'm going to keep jumping in here for yeah, a Yeah, yeah, You would typically expect in a scenario like this, especially if 50% of the circulating supply was in the hands of five wallets, um, that there might be some kind of vesting lockup on that, right? <laughs> or something that would keep those from being completely, uh, completely liquid, right? Maybe they vest over four years or something like that. Oh, yeah, that, that would be typical of this kind of, yeah. you know, huge distribution of a token. Um, but as we know, that was not the case. Um, and so we, we later discovered they were basically dumping their Loop R tokens on the market. And, you know, we, we identified the wallets. We, we called Tom out on Twitter. And uh, Tom's response was, um, you know, again, he, he kind of covered these. These are the people who are working for free. And he also mentioned that these wallets are providing the majority of the Loop R liquidity. And so after that, you know, I you know, kept digging and I looked at all these wallets and none of them were holding any significant amount of liquidity. I think at the time I was actually holding more loop bar liquidity than them, um, which, which wasn't a lot. Like I don't have a lot of exposure to this project. Um, when you like say holding liquidity, do you mean providing liquidity? Yes. Like providing, yeah. you know, liquidity loop R slash UST yeah. liquidity. Okay. Um, and so once I pointed that out and then also kind of called Tom out, you know, these wallets are just selling nonstop. He basically, you know, said on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, why would anyone buy a loop R token? It's, it's a token without a roadmap and it's a useless token. You know, I don't think I have to tell this to people, but you know, why would you buy this stupid token? And so that was not the uh, response I expected from Tom at that point. And Tom has, has kind of circled back from that a bit. And, you know, he's published multiple, you know, articles on the Loop community about the Loop R FUD, kind of explaining this and, and kind of outlining a roadmap. Um, but that wasn't everything. Um, he also, he, you know, to his credit, he also said that, you know, it was a mistake uh, to not have a lockup period. And he was also asking, you know, the community for some suggestions as, as to how they remediate this. So after all that, um, I kept digging and I noticed something even more interesting. And so, okay, so a couple things. So after the Loop R article that came out on the Loop community forum, I noticed that the wallet that got the most of the distribution, which I think was like 20% of the circulating supply, so it was like 200 million Loop R tokens. As soon as uh, the day before that article went out, um, that wallet stopped selling Loop R. And it was basically selling Loop R every day, you know, nonstop up until that point. And so that was interesting. But I also noticed so, there was one wall. So, oh, go ahead. So just to clarify, so the day before kind of Tom posted this, this Mia Copa, uh, you know, that there should have been investing, that's when the selling stopped. Yeah, it was like around October wallet. 19th. There was, there was yeah. two posts in the Loop community forum about this. Um, and actually, uh, I don't know if you want to link to my Twitter thread on this and maybe give some people some more context. Yeah, we maybe can throw we'll that in the that. show notes. Um, and so I kept digging and I, I noticed there was one wallet. Um, I, I don't remember how many tokens this wallet got. I think it was like 70 million or, you know, it, it was still a significant amount. That's, you know, like almost one sixth of the uh, circulating supply. And I noticed that this wallet liquidated all of its loop R tokens. And what I noticed that was really interesting is it correlated to the Loop Treasury wallet 
adding loop slash loop R liquidity on, on uh, you know, the loop decks. And they added about uh, half a million dollars in loop slash loop R liquidity. And this wallet took advantage of that and dumped all of its loop R into that liquidity. So they basically dumped their airdropped loop R token for loop token and then dumped their loop token for UST. <laughs> And and I put this on Twitter and I and like I really, really wish Tom and the loop team would respond to this because you know after he's come out and said, you know, this is a useless token, why would you buy this token? He's literally providing half a million dollars in liquidity for it. Like, what's the reasoning for that? Well, yeah, I mean if it was a if it was a useless token, um, then why was it so important to make sure that tribe holders um that the tribe developers got it, right? Well, I think we know the, what's going the, on there. the problem I have, right, is, you know, people getting into Loop R, they might understand that, you know, a lot of tribe holders are getting a lot of tokens. Um, although the the actual, you know, amount of tokens that they were getting wasn't public until I called this out. Um, so they, they might have, like, known, but Loop holders had no idea that they were being used as exit liquidity for this completely unfair Loop R distribution. So the, the other thing I want to add is, you know, after pointing all this out and, you know, doing like a deep dive blockchain analysis, like I really want Loop to succeed. I want them to be transparent, but I'm not going to accept anything less than transparency here. Um, Tom will not respond to me. He's completely ghosted me on Twitter. You know, at first he was, you know, trying to smooth things over with his, you know, kind of canned response about how, you know, these guys were working hard and, you know, they deserve these tokens, but... You know, once once you call out the whole like treasury providing exit liquidity with loop token, they don't even want to talk about it. And actually, um, on a recent AMA, Tom kind of like brushed this off and said, haha, of course we're providing, you know, liquidity for our tokens. Like totally like trying to remove the context of the situation. It's it doesn't look good in my perspective. Hmm. Well, yeah. So, you know, there are multiple red flags with this project, right? I mean, this is one of them. You know, the other is, I think you found that the treasury is is not being held in the multi-sig, right? Loop, oh, yeah. It's it's, it's in a single wallet. So they're holding like 90% of the loop supply in a single wallet controlled by a single entity. There's no reason they wouldn't use a multi-sig wallet. I mean, most projects would use a multi-sig wallet. You, you don't want one person to control all the money. And that is insane, by the way. Just out of just from a security perspective, even if you don't if you don't think there are any ill intentions going on, um, you know, if you're holding loop tokens, to find out that that much of the supply is being held outside of a multisig, that the entire treasury is being held out of a multisig, it's terrifying. It's, terrifying. it's a huge risk, and mm-hmm. and I think like it, it, it like holding funds in a multisig kind of gives like a level of accountability of the multi-sig holders. So if like someone is acting, you know, in a way that's unethical, like maybe providing exit liquidity for their friends, like there's going to be other people that have to, you know, agree with that decision in a multi-sig wallet because everyone needs to sign the transaction. But if you give one person control, they can do whatever the hell they want. And it's also a huge liability. Like what if they get hacked and someone steals their private keys, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's not a good practice. No, exactly. I mean, it, 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 it kind of nullifies the entire point of DeFi. Um, if there's one controlling choke point on the entire thing, it's not decentralized, in my opinion. You know, the other yeah, thing that popped that. up, yeah, you know, the other thing that popped up that you noticed the last couple of days on this project is it appears that they are paying, they're paying for retweets, uh, paying for follows, uh, paying for positive commentary on the Twitter feed. 
Yeah, dude. So it's like it correlated with like Tom ghosting me on Twitter and no longer responding to me. If you go look at like all of the loop, like uh, Twitter posts about airdrops and farming rewards, like the comment section is filled with people talking about how they provided liquidity in the beginning and they lost like 75% of their value and the rewards didn't make up for any of that. And it's, it's almost like they're just trying to, like, drown out all of that noise with, like, these fake, like, Fiverr bots that post nothing but, like, good project smile and, you know, retweet with, like, the same thing. It, it, it's, it's really weird. Yeah, we, we can post some of those examples in the show notes as well, so you can go take a look for yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing also that I noticed is that, you know, they, Loop has 50,000 followers on Twitter. You know, they, they posted something two hours ago and it has eight likes and three retweets. Like I've never seen like that volume of followers like end up in such little, um, what's it called? In, in such little engagement. Yeah. I'm going to say that in such little engagement. Like what does that say, Poppy? Um, well, I, I think it's, you know, given what we know, I, I'm, I, I could speculate that they're probably paying for a lot of those followers. <laughs> yeah, that was fairly straightforward, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> What's the secret behind this? Like, is there some sort of like algorithmic stable coin that they're using to gain followers on Twitter? No, it's not. No, dude, they're going on Fiverr and they're paying, you know, yeah. some guy 10 bucks to, you know, run his bots on their account, basically. Hear me out, though. That could be fairly useful for Terracrumbs. Imagine if, like, in in two days we had like two hundred fifty thousand thousand followers. On Twitter. Dude, I I would actually put money on that. Let's do it. We could so, do it. So we could do so it. So by the way, that's not even like a. I mean, that was like a the whole like buying followers on Twitter is was a pretty normal like growth hack in in the software space like five or six years ago. I did not know people were still doing it though. You know, because I will it's say so obvious. it's so obvious. I, I will say, you know, a better marketing campaign might be to just spend 200 bucks and have Island Boys do a video for Terracrums rather oh, than, you know, paying for followers. I think we'd probably <laughs> go more viral that way. You know, I still haven't seen that video. <laughs> I got yeah, well, to watch if, that. If, we'll have to put that at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, show this week. And by the way, if you're not listening through like the ending scene, um <laughs> To, uh, to, you know, Eli's been, or in our last episode, is, is putting some outtakes in there. So, uh, you know, listen all the way through, finish this thing to the end. We've got some special stuff for you. We'll post that Island Boys video in there as well. So, yeah, I mean, look, look, lots of red flags on this project. I'll tell you the one thing that, that actually concerns me the most. Well, actually, nothing concerns me more than uh, not having the treasury in a multi-sig. I'm still just trying to understand what loop is and, and what they're going to do. And I come at it more from like, what is their product strategy? And maybe that's just a little bit of like what my normal day job is uh, coming through. Um, you have an AMMM, um, you have a, a blogging platform. Uh, I think they're getting into NFTs as well. Something, something along the lines of NFTs or sports yeah, so I think Luke's strategy NFTs. is they want to do all the things. Um, they're doing, you know, NFTs. They're doing NFT marketplace. They're doing, you know, um, you know, uh, smart contract or DAO controlled liquidity. Um, they're talking about a DoorDash on Terra type of app. I mean, they they're they're doing all the things. 
So I actually, I, I respect the ambition on that. My concern would be, um, you know, especially in this space, if you're not specialized and you're not the best at what you're doing, I think you're going to get smoked. Right. And so um, we all know that Astroport's coming down the line any minute now, and it's going to have, you know, at a minimum three or four different types of, um, of AMMs that can be deployed on it. It's obviously, if you're not like hyper-focused on competing on the AMM market alone, um, it feels like you're going to get left behind. Um, and so, you know, I think they run the risk of becoming kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none, and that there's always a better solution for each of the individual products that they're launching. Um, you know, if I was them, I would focus on making one product, you know, incredibly well, but you know, what do I know? Look, I also know that, you know, starting a project, um, and getting it to market is not easy. Um, and so they might just be feeling their way around a little bit to see what, what sticks and, and what their niche is going to be, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out from here. You know, one thing I want to say, just to reiterate, you know, as Poppy said, he wants his project to succeed. Um, I'm sure that this conversation is going to spark a lot of, of people saying that this is FUD. Um, I don't believe that at all. You know, I always go back to that proverb, um, iron sharpens iron. So if, if Terra is going to be the elite blockchain ecosystem that we expect it to be, um, the projects should be able to stand up for what they're doing. Um, and it shouldn't be considered FUD um, to question people on, 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 on the things that we're seeing on the blockchain. It's all out there in, in public for everyone. Yeah, very well said. Um, you know, I will say, though, like comparing like DEXs, um, I think Astroport with their token launch and distribution, I think it's going to be much more attractive than Loop. Um, just because I, I think like, you know, even though I do think Loop could come out of this and succeed, um, you know, Astroport has put a lot of thought into their token distribution, and it's probably one of the most interesting distributions we've seen. Yeah, hmm. that's a project we should talk about on a future show because... You know, that and Mars, obviously, um, we were just at the at the event for the launch mm -hmm. of both of those. Um, it, it feels like they're combining the best of everything you see across all ecosystems into a couple of different project launches, and it's going to be a game changer for Terra. All right, so moving to a little bit more of a positive front, I can't believe that I'm going to be the one that does this because I'm not an NFT person at all, but I do want to call out a couple of projects that that are doing really interesting stuff. Number one, you know, from the jump, um, Galactic Punks has been, I think it was one of the first, maybe Space Loot Space was the first, but Galactic Punks was maybe first or second. Um, they recently did a giveaway, and Poppy, I think you were you were part of this. For everyone who held a Galactic Punk, they were given the opportunity to claim $20 worth of credit at Luna Loop. Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah. So that, that's right. Um, so wow. basically what we did there is, um, so I'm, I'm part of Intern Capital. And Intern Capital is basically, you know, a bunch of interns. We brainstorm ideas and come up with some cool projects. We got some developers working on things. Um, but one of our, like, first ideas are, like, what, what can we do for the memes? And we were thinking, like, oh, you know, why don't we do, like, intern capital socks or something? And, you know, we'll do, like, some token that distributes these socks. You know, kind of inspired by, like, uni socks. Um, so anyway, like, in order to do something like that, you need to have, like, a, a checkout system in order to exchange, you know, a token for, you know, the the item, right? So... This aligned with, you know, something that Luna Loot wanted to do with Galactic Punks. And so 
Um, I was talking to Luna Loot about this. You know, he was going to support us on our project and we're going to support him on his project by kind of developing this checkout system um, that will basically accept, you know, a CW20 token and exchange it for, you know, a, a coupon code that could be used on the Luna Loot store. Um, and so that's what we did. Um, and, you know, we, we it, was, it was a rough launch in the beginning. We had some issues that we worked out and we did a lot of uh, development and prod and, and testing and prod. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was quite a success. I think it's also a good example of, of where these NFT communities can go, right? Like it's one thing to just post the 10,000, um, profile picture giveaway, but to continue to invest in the community, continue to reward people that hold the NFT. Um, mm. I think it's just showing kind of a positive, you know, with a lot of, a lot of kind of bad behavior on the nft front this is one that i think everyone should keep an eye on and go get yourself a galactic punk if you don't have one yet another one i want to really call out is terabots so maybe it's just because i got a really cool mint today um but this project you know the art is really good um, i think they have big plans for it i can share one of the ones i got which is um i don't know it's 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 kind of impressive it's yeah let's see it of these it's one of yeah. these little bots, but it has the apple in front of its face. Oh, that's intriguing. It, is it a, it's not a part of its face, right? It, you guys have seen that, that artwork, right? There's the artwork of the guy with like a top hat and there's an apple in front of his face. Oh, shoot. Someone famous painted that, right? Yeah, someone famous. I'm not, I'm not an art person, but um, no, there are other cool ones as well, right? So what is the other one I have here? Um, I've got this anchor one, but it's got a club and it's got a claw hand. Anyway, the art looks really good. I think this is the highest quality art we've seen on a, on a Terra NFT and, and maybe one of the better art projects I've seen across all of the blockchain. So anyway, I want to give those guys a shout out. They had a very smooth launch on Random Earth. I don't know. I think Random Earth did it a little bit differently this time. You were able to mint first and then it was another transaction to claim. I don't know if that's why it went so smoothly compared to some of the other ones where transactions were having trouble going through, but big shout out to them. This looks like an exciting project. I think they have big things planned in terms of putting these bots into the metaverse. I think one out of every 10 bot is going to have the option to also receive a physical robot sent to them. Um, so all kinds of cool stuff going on there. So I wanted to call those guys out. I'm not a big NFT collector, as you just saw from my wallet. I own four in total, but two of them are these bots, and I thought they were cool, cute little little NFTs to have. Man. They were expensive. They were $200 a piece. And to put that in perspective, my first car when I was 16 was a 1985 Chevy S10, and it cost $500. So... Yeah, Maybe to put that cold. into perspective, I, <laughs> I've, I've paid way more than that for NFTs. <laughs> yeah. So have I. I've got a, a, a bit of an overpriced me bit. You know, one of the things I mentioned on our first show was that we wanted to have guests from the community. Uh, as our tagline says, this is a show for the community, by the community. We needed to get a couple of shows under our belt first before we tried to pull someone else into this chaos but we think we're ready to go. And so we're going to be recording again next week. Um, and we expect to have gray 34 from intern capital joining us. And so we'll learn about intern capital uh, and we'll, we'll get his take on whatever's going on in the ecosystem that week. I think we're done. So uh, we were going to talk a lot of shit about Kato. 
unfortunately we couldn't get to them um next week i'm um, next week we'll be prepared um to really really go at them so uh thanks for watching the show uh thanks for sticking around if you want to follow us on twitter please do we have all our usernames right here so i don't have to say them that's brilliant please like please give us feedback please leave us a comment we are new to this we don't exactly know what we're doing we just want to have a good time and make good content so thanks for watching have a good night Thank you.